0: Visit roberthalf.com today.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Wednesday, April 20th. or 20th those who prefer the numerical versus the word version of it. If you're watching on YouTube, it's Tuesday, April 19th, and we are going to talk some more NFL draft. Joining me to actually to to rank quarterbacks and then to talk about our confidence level in quarterbacks. Ryan Wilson, Chris Trapasa. What's up, boys?
2: Hey, hey, hey. How's it going, guys?
1: It's good. Um, So by the time this comes out, the audio version, we will be
0: eight days away from the draft. Right. Is that right? I don't know. You're the sure, sure show. What days are coming out? I mean, it's I mean, it's four twenty. 420. Draft four twenty eight. That's right. There you go. Good math. Easy math. Yeah.
1: Um. I'm I'm at home alone with my dog, and as since I'm so benevolent, I decided to leave the door open to my office so he could George could wander around. He has already come up here and picked up, and now he's oh boy, he's threatening to tear up a. Oh, this could get ugly. Anyway, uh, let's just podcast, and we'll just pretend that George isn't here.
0: Talk about Groundhog Day with the drafts. It's Groundhog Day with you and your your canine and human parenting skills. It's the same thing every day. You don't learn.
1: Well, I was going to try to take him for a walk before yeah. the podcast, and then I realized that I didn't have time, and I didn't want to delay the podcast.
0: You realized it was five minutes before the start of the podcast? It's 12
1: like 12.59, <laughs> yada, yada, yada. Can't walk around the block. I just watched that one the
0: other day, too. Great episode.
1: Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. Is she yada yada sex? I think she <laughs> yada yada sex. Anywho, we're going uh, to rank quarterbacks. Also, if you want a five-star review, if you want a five-star uh, – if you want a mailbag question answered for either – you probably got to do it right now if you want a draft mailbag question answered. Actually, it's probably too late uh, for a five-star. But leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We'll and we're a taking
0: 2023 draft questions, so you can leave those reviews now too. Sure. We'll get to those.
1: Who is Ryan's, who is Ryan's Jake Fromm?
0: Oh, I'm so good. I hope you are going to say QB one, and the answer was going to be Jake From.
1: Yeah. yeah, I'm not letting. You, I'm not setting myself up like that. <laughs> That's stupid. I mean, I probably am that stupid, but I'm not. That, um, <laughs> not that stupid. Yeah, this dog is a menace to society. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, uh, we are we're going to talk quarterback rankings. Um, we've talked about these quarterbacks a lot, but not really as much, maybe as we did last year, because yeah, no way. And I mean, frankly. I mean, I think the top ten is gonna in this draft is gonna end up being four
0: edge rushers. There he is. George disagrees. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh my god! I have to. Four edge rushers. He's fine. The dogs. Two cornerbacks, one wide receiver. (laughs) That's eight, and uh, three offensive linemen. It was seven, I think. No QBs, right? Yeah, but I, I was talking with Pete Prisco about this. He was like, "I agree," but a lot of guys around the league think that there will be two quarterbacks taken in the top 10, which is just, I mean, it's kind of crazy. And I I don't think you'll find anybody that has a a ranking of these quarterbacks where everyone's like, well, that's it. That's the list.
0: Well, you know, we talked about this yesterday, and I'm sure you've talked about it with Traps and Josh. Where are they going? Like, where are they going? Well, Atlanta and Seattle is the three top 10 landing. They're not going six.
1: I mean, I don't think
0: you can just blindly rule that out. I'm telling you right now. By the way, I was talking, as I mentioned, I was talking to your buddy Adam Gold on um, Raleigh. What's the What station is it? 99.9, Nine, the fan. And we were talking about, um, tell me what you think of this trade scenario for both teams. I'm going to have to talk about this in HQ later as well. If the Panthers get out of six, yes,
1: blindly. Okay. <laughs> next, <laughs> next question. Okay, but yeah, what's the, uh, where, so where are they going?
0: The Saints trade up from six, uh, trade. From 16. So they give up 16, 49, and a 2023 20, second rounder to get the six. In
2: the division.
1: Yeah, that's spicy. Um, Scott Fitterer, by the way, the Panthers GM, a noted like trade back junkie. Like, he traded yeah. back four times, I think, at least in his first draft last year. He wasn't responsible for losing. He did trade the third round pick for CJ Henderson, but he wasn't there when they traded for Sam Darnold. So um, yeah, I mean. An in-division trade seems
0: kind of crazy. Well, who are the Saints coming up to get? So the Saints are going to get an offensive lineman. They're getting Charles Cross at six. They're not getting a quarterback. And then um, I have the Panthers taking – they can take a quarterback at 16. Kenny Pickett, if he's there. Or they can take an offensive lineman, Trevor Penney, if he's there. And then they can get someone like Sam Howell perhaps at 49 or even move up a little bit to get Sam Howell at 49. And then they have – now they have a day-two pick. They'll have a day-two pick next year. And the math works out if you look at uh, either Rich Hill or, or our buddy R.J. White's their their draft trade value chart. There is the interdivisional thing, but if you're the Panthers and you want to get out of there you, it, and you don't love the quarterbacks, you may be with, fine with the Saints coming up to get a quarterback. And then um, also – oh, and this one I had Kenny Pickett. They could take Kenny Pickett at 16 and feel much better about it and then get uh, someone like Luke Gedeke out of Central Michigan in the middle of round two, and he's I think he's going to be really good as an offensive tackle, so that was just something um, – to spur to, to spark the conversation about the Panthers. Recording. Yeah, I mean, I like the idea.
1: The interdivisional thing is a little uh, dicey just because, like, what if Charles Cross is an elite left tackle and the Panthers <laughs> gave up the opportunity to draft him in order to move back and take Kenny Pickett? Um, yeah, so fair enough. I just think from a – I mean, this this stuff sounds kind of dumb, but it does matter. Like, from an optics standpoint, if you were the Panthers, if you're Scott Fitterer and you trade out of six and you end up getting – can he pick it later and Charles cross is an elite left tackle that's blocking Brian Burns, every like like stonewalling Brian Burns for the next five years, then it's going to be something that sticks with the fan base. It'd be a talking point. And it's, I mean, like I think that's at least something that you walk through in your head before you make that deal. But in terms of, I'm, I'm doing it. No, but just in terms of a general approach to this. Yeah. The Panthers should like, like should be dying to get out of six. I think traps, your thoughts.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, I I like what Ryan proposed, even though I've been on the – if the Saints trade up, that needs to be for a quarterback. But if you can tell me that they could still get Kenny Pickett at at 16 or, or like Ryan mentioned, trade up later to get that fifth-year option on Sam Howell in the back part of the first or maybe early second, I would be down for it. We did have last year the Devontae Smith, uh, Micah Parsons. That was a trade with the Eagles and the Cowboys that we kind of thought we would never see, especially on draft night on the clock. You could see that again.
1: I, and, and I don't disagree with your point at all, Travis. But let's not forget that was a trade orchestrated between two hated division rivals. But it was one that was designed to screw over a third division rival by letting True. the Eagles leapfrog the Giants to get Devontae Smith. So I mean, like, there is some. It's like, hey, we don't really want to trade with the Eagles, but if they are hosing the Giants, but in this
2: in this situation, they could be hosing the Falcons at eight. That could maybe be interested in an offense. Oh, there you go. Too.
0: There so, you go. Could be. Oh. I mean, yes. we
2: don't usually see in division trades. I mean, we all point. know that, but it's it's happened. There's some precedent for it, uh, just in last year's draft. Yeah, I mean, look, if the
1: Panthers, if the Panthers, if I'm the Panther, they should trade out for sure. It, they should get Baker Mayfield and then draft a left tackle at six, there or or trade out of six and get more picks. You don't have a second or third round pick. You don't have a great. I'm not going to say. I'm not going to call them stupid. <laughs> I'm not going to rip their roster again. Oh,
2: I forgot
0: they were mad at you. That's right. I, I, I,
1: I replied and got.
0: Nothing oh, you bad. had to you had to grovel.
2: I love that. I didn't really. Gro- I mean, you 100 grovel.
0: Yeah, it's like listen. I'll say. I'll say it.
2: the roster is not good. The I mean, it's not a good roster. Oh, also, he didn't say
1: that. Not.
0: He called him a clown show,
1: and <laughs> I, I was I was salty that I I said a lot of things that were sort of like kind of over the top and maybe on purpose. Um, out of line, sir. Out of line. I, look, it, also, I would make the argument that you know you can't. I mean, you can't really say. How you know? How can you say this roster could be the, have the number one pick? It's like, well, this roster currently has the number six pick. So, like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's you know, it's entirely possible. the The Panthers should trade back. The Panthers should not take a quarterback at six. I am not comfortable saying the Panthers won't take a quarterback at six. And told this Baker Mayfield deal that seems to be percolating actually happens.
2: Well, let me ask you this. Is there any like Scott Fitterer, Matt Rule like infighting going on? Like, we're apparently hearing with the Jaguars that like half the Jaguars front office wants Javon Walker, Doug Peterson might want a left tackle, some other people want Aiden Hutchinson. Like, do we know is there any bit like Matt Rule wants to go with his guy, his former Temple recruit in Kenny Pickett, or is it like Scott Fitterer running the show? He's going to trade back because that's what he does.
1: I, so, I think this is actually a bad answer. Well, and I was sort of, I was texting with Prisco and, and Costas about this. And JB, I didn't hear about this earlier. Um, it's interesting because Fitterer is making the call on who they draft, I think. Okay. I mean, I don't think Fitterer takes that job if he's going to have final say on who they pick in the draft. I mean, obviously he collaborates with Rule, but there is sort of a, you know, this happens oh, with whoa. The organization. There's someone
0: else he's got to collaborate with. As the big boss. Yeah. The big,
1: big, big boss, David Tepper. I, anyway, there's this happens with, with teams that are picking in the top 10 and haven't won a lot of games often. And the Panthers have won 10 games the last two years. Indisputable fact. <laughs> the, what, happens is, there. <laughs> I
2: know, what happens
1: is you get the GM, the coach, and the owner all have now competing interest. Matt Rule wants to win now so he doesn't get fired. David Tepper wants to win now, but he also wants to build up a roster. And Scott Fitterer, can probably will probably survive a five win season. Matt Rule probably yeah. will not. So Scott Scott Fitterer is thinking I need to get the best players on this roster in order to be prepared to compete at some point in the future with whoever my next coach may or may not be. Whereas Matt Rule's like I got to win eight games in 2022 or else I'm out. And so that that's where you really get into trouble as an organization. This happened this has happened with the Giants. The Jets do it like every 3 years. Um you see it all the time. And so I just sort of wonder what will be the driving force for how all of this plays out
0: on draft night. You know what I mean? Okay, well, let, me, let me put it to you this way. Let's say they take whoever your favorite quarterback is at number six. Traps like Malik Willis. So they take Malik Willis at six. How many games does that team win in next year? If, if they take Malik Willis at six? And don't take an offensive tackle till the fourth round. Pick 137. I mean, five? Best case? Probably right. Uh, best case, I mean, I, I think you could they could get to eight if like everything broke right. And I mean, by everything, you mean that I mean the everything. Other, the other thirty-one teams get hit by asteroids at the exact <laughs> same time. Right. I, I'm just saying. I mean, like you can you are still losing nine games.
1: We've seen we've seen teams, you know, even bad teams get extremely lucky. I, My I'm point just, is this: with...
0: that they're going to be bad next year. Maybe the year after they figure out the offensive line, who knows? But if you're firing guys, then you're bringing in a new coach new system may not like the quarterback and it's just, it's like a vicious cycle. That's and, why and, I think, exactly. And, and you have to find a coach who's like, you know,
1: who comes in is like, I to make the most out of Malik Willis. Like, can I up. say this all the
0: time? So let's talk about pre previous recent six overall picks. Uh, the person taking six of Carolina, whoever your favorite quarterback is, is he more likely to be like a Justin Herbert or B Daniel Jones? B it's not even close. Yeah. It's not even
1: close. All right. Well, we talk about the Panthers. Oh, yeah. I feel like we talk about the Panthers too much, but I do feel like they are sort of the. Well, they're
0: sitting there at six, so they're. The
1: two, eating. the two linchpins for this draft. I mean, obviously, you have one with the Jaguars, but I think the first three picks probably play out, in you know, fairly. I don't want to say obvious fashion, but I think I think it would be surprising if we didn't have a small pool to predict the top three picks. Four with the Jets is really interesting, and then six with the Panthers changes everything because it's if you go mm-hmm. quarterback. The, the trickle down effect is massive, and if you trade out or, or go offensive line, same same sort of deal. So, I don't like talking about them, a ton, but I think it. I mean, I think it. You know, I think it. I think they are a pretty important piece for this draft. Um, so let's talk about those quarterbacks. Wilson. <laughs> poor uh, poor nada back there. You like put rank the quarterbacks in this draft up like five minutes ago, I and they had to take it down. He <laughs> <You laughs> had no idea what he was getting. Wilson. Give me your top five quarterbacks in order in this draft.
0: You think when Debo goes on these job interviews for better jobs and uh, the other remaining producers have to draw the short stick and Nada keeps drawing the short stick? He's like, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we got to get new sticks.
1: <laughs> I need new sticks. Um, by the way, I think Debo's actually in the chat. Toss up about Eric Early's comment, Nada, in, the, in there. Look, Debo showed up with like a, a with a burner account can mp for mvp baby eric early writes in the chat that, that is a debo through and
0: through debo Embiid. oh i think he, he said np that's like nate peterman i was like who <laughs> <laughs> Embiid, gotcha Embiid, baby joel Embiid. all right my um quarterback rankings number one i haven't come off this since the falls. is matt corral not necessarily a popular opinion but again this draft class you could name just about anybody and you you have a 12 percent chance of being right uh i have sam howell number two I didn't like Sam Howell at the beginning of the year. That Virginia Tech game really soured me on him. Went back and watched three or four more games uh, before the, the Senior Bowl. And I, I liked him. I thought he, he drugged that team up and down the field in a lot of ways and, and either got them close to wins or got them wins. I, I was sort of impressed with what he was able to do. I thought his footwork got better from 2020 to 2021. Having Lake Willis third because of the upside, I mean, there are obviously questions there. Liberty, offense, yada, yada, yada. Kenny Pickett's four. I'm not high on Kenny Pickett. I think he's a second-round guy. He'll probably go in the first round, and that's fine. I, I think there's some some questions about consistency. There's some questions about arm strength. Um, that's okay. If he goes six and he has a great career, that that's awesome. If he goes middle of the first round and does well, that's great too. I think landing spot's gonna be important for him, um, which you can say about anybody. And then Des Ritter five. Um, that is a that is a extremely not that, again not that there's a consensus
1: for these rankings, but I mean I would say that that you're fly in the face of whatever convention there is out there.
0: Yeah, well, I've talked to, to teams that think Kenny Pickett's second-round pick.
1: I don't that a yeah. No,
0: I agree. And I've, I've made a, a bunch of – I've had a bunch of conversations about this because I want to make sure I'm not missing anything. Uh, and I've talked to four teams that think Kenny Pickett's second-round pick. I've talked to another team that thinks he's he's going to go in the first round because he's the best of the group. Des Ritter is sort of the same thing. I've heard second and third-round grade on Des Ritter, and I've heard the talking point that I lean on because I don't want to – say Desmond Ritter's going to be a bad player, the accuracy things are a huge red flag for me. But as jo- as um, Trapp's going to test, Josh Allen didn't complete a lot of passes at Wyoming. Turns out he's a pretty good quarterback. So I don't want to shut the door on Desmond Ritter. But I've talked to four teams that think he's a day two guy. And I've talked to a team that, that said, look, started 50 games, great leader, athletic, does a lot of things well, could sneak it to the first. And I get it. I, I get it. I wouldn't want my team to draft Desmond Ritter in the first round. Um. In fact, in this group, I'd be okay with the Steelers taking Matt Corral. I'd be okay with Malik Willis, and that's it in round one. The other guys in round two make more sense to me, you know, personally, in terms of these rankings.
1: I, I Again, like I don't and by the way, we've got the rankings from Sports.com up on the site. Uh, what um, are those
2: your rankings traps? they' aggregate. That's aggregate. that's all of us. Okay. myself okay. Ryan and Josh yeah.
1: so, so I guess uh, Wilson's um, ranking of Sam Hall second pulled him above Ritter.
2: Ritter, 74th overall
1: prospect. Malik Willis, the 23rd. pick at 30. Matt Corral, 33. Sim Howell, 47. Desmond Ritter, 74. Wilson, uh, or actually, I mean, uh, Traps, if you want to dive in on it too. I'm curious. So if you draft Matt Corral, can, it, can he play for any team? Does it need to be an RPO-based offense? Does it, I mean, what, I mean, I guess like what, you know, because I think that sort of identifies what sort of landing spots we might have for Matt Corral, uh, Wilson's top prospect.
2: Yeah, I think he needs to, I think he's uh, a long ways away from being uh, ready to go starter. I think because of the RPO stuff, it's weird that like Lane Kiffin's offense, I think it produces uh, a lot of high level results at the college level, but it doesn't really get these quarterbacks ready for the NFL. I mean, Tua turned out that he wasn't really that ready to, to come in and, and be a starter in the NFL coming from that Lane Kiffin offense when he was at Alabama Uh That's my one concern with him. I I think I like Matt Corral's athleticism. I like that he uh, toned down on the interceptions this past season, uh, got a big arm, but I I think he's just not ready to read the full field. And I didn't really like his accuracy down the field. Like My quarterback rankings are a lot more conventional than Ryan's, but I definitely respect him for going out there on a limb and just staying with his genuine evaluations. I certainly know uh, all about doing that in the past. Wilson, do you think
1: Corral could play for anybody?
0: Well, he is an RPO guy. I mean, he told us in to the combine, and um, Josh may have actually asked him, question, asked him this question too on the, on the Pick 6 video YouTube uh, extravaganza. And he said the one thing about playing in, in Lane's offense is that Lane brought a lot of things from the NFL, brought a lot of things from the Raiders, and we incorporated that in offense. And it, it helped me when I was on the board with these NFL teams in these meetings. Because I knew exactly what we were talking about. And they knew exactly I knew I knew the reads. I knew the pre-snap, what to do, and, and you know, I needed to go with the ball based on the coverage. And I think he he felt like that helped him. And he also told us that one of the issues, and, and Traps mentioned this, he threw 14 interceptions in 2020. And he said, I just didn't understand what what the coverage is, what they were doing. And basically he said they were just dropping eight the whole time. And I kept trying to force the ball down the field. I've looked guys off. And it didn't matter because they're dropping eight. You don't look anyone off when you're dropping eight because there are eight guys standing around. I kept throwing interceptions. I couldn't figure it out. And Lane likes to be aggressive down the field, but he also doesn't want you turning the ball over. So he said, what I figured out pretty quickly is that you just take take the checkdowns. You you take what's there underneath. That's then going to open things up down the field. And that's why we saw the fewer interceptions. I think he had five last season as opposed to the the 14. And, And he credited that a lot with just being patient and understanding what he was being asked to do in the confines of that offense. Uh, I'm not concerned about what that looks like at the next level playing in, in Lane Kibben's offense, because I think that's the way that the league is going. Um, I was looking something up for something um, for the, the the sort of draft trade scenario thing that I was talking about for another team. I mean, Lamar Jackson, when he we talked about that trade up a few weeks ago, Brenton, when the Ravens came back into the bottom of the first round, DJ had him as his 47th best player. We just don't know. Like, we have no idea. Like the only person that knows anything is me and Mac Jones. Everything else, we're all just you know <laughs> shots in the dark. It's just you you have no freaking idea. Well,
1: I mean, the thing about Lamar Jackson, too, and, and this, I mean, this applies to all quarterbacks, really, is that like you shouldn't be drafting and this is where teams get in a lot of trouble, frankly. You they're like, All right, we need a quarterback, who's the best quarterback out there? And it's different if it's like Trevor Lawrence and you have the number one overall pick. I mean, that's an easy projection and pick. But if you're if your team like the Ravens. They said, all right, we're gonna trade back into the first round and we're gonna get Lamar Jackson. And then we're gonna take our roster and build around Lamar Jackson, or like, or, or you know, the Bills, where they t- built up this roster and that said, now we're gonna drop a guy like Josh Allen in. You know, you it has to be part the our evalu- part the evaluation, part the projection, and then part, you know, making sure that there's a system around the quarterback or that you're you're catering to the quarterback's strengths and trying to mitigate the quarterback's weaknesses rather than just being like, run my offense. I don't, say this, I
0: don't say this often, but that's, a, that's a, a great point. Because prior to that, it was Joe Flacco. And you're not bringing in a Lamar Jackson-type quarterback to run Joe Flacco's offense. Right. So, listen, Matt Corral ain't Lamar Jackson. I think we can all agree on that. Um, and I like him more than most people. And, you know, we'll see how it plays out. That's fine. But I think if you like him, then you have to consider parts of your offense going to have to look differently if you're not an RPO offense. And, and maybe that's something to consider as well. Now, I don't know where that fits in terms of where these teams are drafting. And Corral probably ends up going into the second round Although as I said before, if the Sealers took a 20, he'd be okay with that. I mean, Matt Canada's offense fits Matt Corral, but Matt Canada's offense last year looked like it was being coordinated by George the Dog. So who who knows what that's gonna look like?
1: Oh ho, ho. My, my apologies. Sure, sure, George the no, dog currently asleep on the couch. Oh, sorry, George. I just was <laughs> He was asleep on the couch until I said his name out loud. He just looked at me and said, "Keep your name off my lips." Come I on.
0: know exactly. <laughs>
1: uh, all right, Traps, Let's uh, let's move along. Actually, you no. Know, uh, yeah, we'll go to your we'll go to your rankings. Um, you have a almost inverse ranking of Ryan Wilson here. Give me your top five quarterbacks.
2: Man. Yeah, I will uh, see Ryan's unconventional rankings and raise him. Pretty conventional rankings. Malik Willis won. I think the big time throwability aligns with Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, all quarterbacks who had a lot of question marks whether they were raw or for Herbert's sake too timid or took too many chances like Patrick Mahomes at Texas tech. So he's my number one. I I think he can make those difficult throws at a higher rate more so than any other quarterback in this class. Then I have Kenny Pickett. You see some of that too. You see some Joe Burrow to his game, not nearly as accurate as Joe Burrow, but I think he taps into all the athleticism that he has eluding pass rushers in the pocket, outside the pocket, just like Joe Burrow. Uh, Desmond Ritter is my number three. I think he's not quite as athletic as he showed at the combine. Like he's not running by linebackers and safeties at the next level. Wasn't really that type of player at Cincinnati, but like Ryan said, 44 and six is a starter, seen every coverage, seen every blitz, played Georgia, played Alabama, uh, doesn't make a lot of bad decisions. And I think some teams will like that high floorness to his game. After that, I have Matt Corral and Sam Howell. To me, they're very similar prospects. I, I like, The traits in terms of they have big arms, they like to stretch the football down the field, but I don't really think they're very accurate down the field. And Matt Corral more so than Sam Howell, which is probably why he's my number four and Howell's my five. uh, The running ability I don't think is going to translate even like half of what they're able to do. Sam Howell is, I don't think, that great of an athlete by NFL standards. Matt Corral a little bit more so, but he had a game where he had like 20 carries in a game for Ole Miss uh, this past season, that, that's not going to be a designed run game quarterback. And I just think they are just a lot more uh, development needed in terms of being passers uh, for those two, Sam Howell and Matt Corral.
1: Yeah. Um, if you were a team, let's say the Panthers, the Falcons, or the Seahawks, or I guess – actually, let me rephrase this. What is the best – who is – you know, Malik Willis is your number one quarterback. Yep. You know, I mean, not, not, I mean, again, like not, it matters it, if he has success and a lot of people have Willis first, so it wouldn't be weird, but like you want him to have success as your number one quarterback. You want everybody to have success, but you get the point. Well, yeah. Where's the best landing spot for Willis in your mind?
2: Probably Atlanta where he doesn't have to play immediately. Like I think that Falcons organization realizes, hey, we're not very good. We have Marcus Mariota who has the connection to Arthur Smith, but we're not going to be that good this season. And, and, and maybe maybe. Malik Willis starts a few games in December when they're like seven games under 500. I would be fine with that. But I think ultimately with Terry Fontenot there, who was in new Orleans forever can build up that roster and kind of do what you were just saying. Will like get offensive linemen add back to the receiver group. They have Kyle Pitts. If he was in Seattle, I don't think that would be the worst scenario. If, especially if DK Metcalf is extended and Tyler Lockett is there, Uh, the Seahawks have a long history of making some strange picks in the draft, especially Hmm. in the first round. Uh, so I, I don't know if I trust John Schneider and Pete Carroll at this stage of their careers to build up this team that, that was really carried by Russell Wilson. So probably Atlanta, where there wouldn't be a ton of not only pressure to not play in week one, but high expectations or a coach that's on the hot seat that feels like, hey, we need to win right away, which would be the case if you were in uh, Carolina. I think yeah, was- I think Carolina, Malik Willis, I mean, would be bad. That would be really bad. Yeah.
1: The other thing about Carolina, that I think Wilson, maybe you pointed out in the last pot. I don't want to talk about the Panthers anymore, but I mean, the like, <laughs> Sam, what if Sam Darnold What if Sam Arnold beats the rookie quarterback out in the training camp, and you have to play Sam Darnold, and you're like, oh, oh, oh. um, that, that's just something to consider. All right, uh, I will play the role of Josh Edwards, who is not here because his, uh, he has lost his voice. In case you're wondering what happened, um, and you know it's weird. Breach is reading the rundown right now. What is he doing in there? Breach is weird. He would have stopped it weird. Yeah. Um, Kenny Pickett, one. Malik Willis, two. Matt Corral, three. Sam Howell, four. Desmond Ritter, five.
0: So, it's basically, he he sort of splits the difference between me and Traps.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It kind of works out well.
0: I'm looking for Prisco's top five to be the game breaker, but go ahead.
1: He hates Uh, all the quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean – yeah. Do you remember when in 2017 when everybody kind of hated all the quarterbacks? Like people were like, ah, you know, like Mahomes has upside, but like tons of downside too. And it's like, yeah, Deshaun Watson, Kitty, Kitty operated an NFL offense. Um, Mitchell Trubisky, 12 starts. I don't know.
0: All right. Here's Pete's too. We'll add these in. So Pickett, one, Ritter, two, Corral, three, Howell, four, Willis, five. So he yeah. is not a Willis guy. He hates Willis. He doesn't like little quarterbacks or mobile,
1: mobile quarterbacks.
2: Yeah. I just think about, I mean, rankings there traps. I, I just can't see with how much upside Willis has. Even if you like see the interceptions against Ole Miss middle Tennessee state, you have to agree that the upside is there. And that yeah. like one quick thing, Daniel Jeremiah, awesome, super insider, whatever you can't have a quarterback so low on your big board just due to positional value. Like I think we all agreed like Lamar Jackson wasn't a perfect prospect, but to have him at like 47 or or have Malik Willis in the third or the fourth round, you have running backs ahead of them. It just doesn't make sense from a positional value standpoint. And if you are a team, whether you're the Panthers, Falcons, Seahawks, whatever it may be, the Steelers, it's worth rolling the dice on someone like Malik Willis because if you hit your team is completely changed and you're a Super Bowl contender or you're a playoff contender. If you get that really good edge rusher or Jordan Davis at nose tackle, it doesn't really move the needle very much. So that's kind of baked into my uh, love of Malik Willis in this draft is that I just see the upside being a franchise-changing quarterback. When, Like I mentioned, the three uh, young guns, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Justin Herbert – None of them were seen as or, or viewed as sure things. It was like ah, I don't really know if they can, you know, get rid of their accuracy concerns or Justin Herbert. Like I said, is too timid. Mahomes makes bad decisions. Well, all three of those quarterbacks worked out. That doesn't guarantee that Willis will, but because it did, their ceiling being so high, now th- those are three Super Bowl contending teams that they have those quarterbacks. Um. So D. But so DJ just had Lamar low, right? Is what he had him super low and it's just weird when I see big boards where there's like two running backs in the first round and like three nose tackles and then like a high upside quarterback at like 47 or like 86. I'm like how positional value needs to be baked in. If you're just evaluating the entire draft class, like you can't have Saquon Barkley at number two overall in a draft. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what I'm saying that like you, that that was a ter- like terrible pick just because of the positional value. And I think most, draft analysts, media members like ourselves said, Hey, Saquon's great, but you have Josh Allen sitting there. You have Josh Rosen, you have Sam Darnold, and you're picking a running back over it. It's always weird when I see quarterbacks that have high upside, like in the second or third round, when there's other positions, way less valuable inside round one.
0: Uh, Full disclosure. Mm -hmm. I have Des Ritter 91st uh, on my Mm -hmm. big board. Here's the thing though. And I mean, I don't disagree. If you like Des Ritter, take him in the first round. I, I don't have an issue with yeah, that. That's only, I mean. Yeah, that's what I mean. The only issue is the Carolina Panthers. They shouldn't take quarterback. But in general, roll the dice because you're not going to – to your point, Traps, the, the Jaguars keep drafting edge rushers. They keep winning two football games. So maybe exactly. they should do something differently. But the other issue is – and if you take Malik Willis or Desiree or whomever you love, you might get Mr. Biscay or you might get Josh Allen, which is what I've been saying. The thing is, when you start taking guys after the first round of quarterback, they're going to they're gonna bust. You're just almost wasting picks. You're going to get a Derek Carr once every 20 years you Russell eat. Wilson,
1: Kirk Cousins. We have it tomorrow.
0: Well, Russ is third, Kurt's fourth. Um, but my point is after round one. So that's three quarterbacks
2: out of probably 300 after day one that you're hitting How on. So you
1: just,
2: so dis- Yeah, that's
1: that's why they're like this.
2: But that's kind of to my point that if Fair if enough. you like a quarterback, just pick him in the first round. Like I, yeah, I, don't yeah, I get it. Really see an, a need for like, hey, this pick a quarterback in round five and hope he works out. It's like, that's where you get a nose tackle. That's where you pick a running back.
0: But I have Des Ritter 91st overall, because I don't think he's, if you hate him, it. that's
2: fine. If you I don't hate him, hate him, him. I,
0: li- I like him a lot as a person. I just, the accuracy, what I concerns are real. And, that, and I
1: mean, Well, I was just saying the big board stuff too. Like I sort of side on the idea that you should give a great, I mean, I mean, when I say you, I mean, draft analysts, like I'm not going to go do it, Uh, but like give, you know, give a grade for all the guys and then let that, dictate where these guys slot in i i get that you push guys up a little bit based on positional you know, or based on position quarterbacks more important um but you also have to worry about the fact that you know let's say you're the steelers and you have jordan davis graded as like a 6-8 and you have malik willis graded as a 6-4 and malik willis and jordan davis are both there at 20 you know do, i mean
2: i think you, you know, pick willis all day I, I don't think you hesitate and you say i'm picking a the The most valuable position over to me. Well, here, I mean, here's the other were math. We're talking about Jordan Davis, but it's a low-value position. At no here's
0: spot. the other math that you have to do if that's the case in those two picks. And honestly, I don't know where I'd lean if the Steelers were there and what they had. It'd be close for me, but here's the question I would ask E-Traps. Is Malik Willis better than Mitch Trubisky right now?
2: I think so. I think he can make throws that Mitch Trubisky hasn't really ever made. But in is Alabama. he better?
0: Like, can he go out there... September fifteenth, whenever the first game
2: is, he's going to give you more than Mr. Biscay can. Probably not, right? See, I think he could, especially with his running ability that we've seen. Russell well, can Wilson, can do much, but he can run. I don't think he. I'm yeah, but I don't think he can run he to the left, degree but he can I think he could. I think he could.
0: My point is that it's not clear that Mr. Biscay, like Trevor Lawrence, you're like, oh yeah, no, no, no yeah, okay, I, I, I get was that. Uh, no, no kidding. We're taking Trevor Lawrence. We're taking. Um, Justin Fields all day long. Like, that's not even a, a thing. I think the question with this draft class in general, not just Malik, is that you're not convinced. Like we said, it was at six with with uh, Sam Darnold. Kenny Pickett may not be better than Sam Darnold, and that's that's sort of the the, the issues you have to deal with there. But I, I understand what you're saying, and actually, I it would be close, like Malik versus Jordan Davis there. And I, I probably would lean towards Malik with the understanding that he just won't play next year, and that's okay. I'm okay with that. All right, let's. What are you, uh, laugh, think- what are you laughing at? Me, something else other yeah, than work, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I, I, I looked down, there's like 42 unread texts, and i was like, I didn't see alert for it because <laughs> I have the thread muted. But it was like, it was the uh, the Prisco, yeah, Jamie, uh, Costos thread. And like, Jamie's driving his car right now, and his um, his car is like doing the like read, like, read your text. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's some stuff, <laughs> else, and it's pretty vile. I hope, I hope the kids aren't in the car. Um, yeah, I know if the kids are in the car, they learned about 42 new words that that Mm. you really shouldn't know until you're 35 years old. Uh, if, if ever in your life, all right, let's take a break. And when we come back, which guys are our guys most confident in and who are they most worried about from the quarterback perspective? We'll tell you next. It's not easy to be confident in any quarterback in this draft class, but I'm going to ask you guys to do it anyway. Wilson, if you had to you know pound the you're you're in the you're you're in the, the draft room you're the junior assistant of player personnel
0: assistant to the traveling secretary guys. yes
1: assistant to <laughs> the traveling secretary which is really frankly funnier than assistant reg, assistant to the regional manager yeah infinitely funnier yes um you can you have to pound the table for one quarterback like you're like you're confident that this quarterback is going to succeed at the next level who are you pounding the table for
0: by the way, quickly, I'm re-watching The Office with my 15-year-old, and we're on final season nine. Sure. Season nine isn't as terrible as I remembered. It's actually – it's it's watchable.
1: Who's uh, who's season – what's season
0: nine? Season nine is when, obviously, Michael Scott's long gone, Andy Bernard's uh, running the show. They get uh, Clark and uh, the other guy – I can't remember his name – that's sitting in the back, and the other guy ends up dating um, Pete. Clark and Pete. Clark has the glasses and the, the sort of crazy hairdo. Um, the only issue is about season nine is that Pam and Jim are working through their issues, and I don't give a crap. I didn't think those two should have gotten together in the first place. I never was huge fans of either one of them, but everyone else, um, not terrible. So just to sort of tie a bow on the Office and Seinfeld conversation. How many oh,
1: um, seasons were there of the Office?
0: Nine. Nine's the last. Oh
1: one. no, no, no! Nine was terrible.
0: Nine's when they when Jim tries to start the the sports media. PR I, farm. Didn't, I didn't
1: even watch it I didn't finish yeah. it I, I stopped at like eight and a half I was like enough is enough
0: yeah, it's 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 watchable there, there's some there's some funny parts basically Sorry. with the with the it's new guys watchable yeah yeah. the James Spader oh Robert Robert California. California is he's awesome is he he's great I thought that is... I thought D'Angelo Vickers sucked who uh, uh Will, Ferrell. Will Ferrell oh yeah yeah, yeah. he was bad so, terrible. The Andrew terrible stuff was kind of bad too I didn't realize it was him until, like, 10 years
1: later. Shell <laughs> so uh, was maybe, like, my first, like, uh, maybe, like, my most random celebrity encounter of all time. Where was that? In uh, in a uh, bar, the Natty Green's pub in downtown Greensboro, North Carolina. What was he doing there? I think he told the story. What was he doing He was there? watching the... We were all there watching the England-U.S. World Cup match. In oh, this the, is 2010.
0: 2010. Sweet. He, a, I think it ended in a draw, right? Uh, yeah, because the 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 English goalkeeper gave up a terrible goal. Why yes. was why? How did you know who he was in 2010? Luther, uh, the wire, maybe. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. Yeah, we. I mean, like uh, my brother
1: Charlie was definitely like that's stringer bell. I was like, talks with stringer bells in Greensboro, North Carolina, watching a World Cup game at the like upstairs Natty Green Pub. Right, Charlie, that makes all the sense in the world. And you could even like Google stuff on your phone at that point in time. I don't think no. there's somewhere there's like <laughs> oh, a, a razor, a shoddy <laughs> picture of me in and in, in Idris Elba. Uh, as well, oh, you did harass him, though. of course. You oh. did. <laughs> yeah, please, <laughs> please. Uh,
0: please. by the way, traps, my first one of my first interactions with Brinson when we worked together at, at AOL Fan House is that he went to a Hooters and harassed John Daly, who was trying to mind his business and eat some, to eat some <laughs> buffalo wings.
2: Nice first impression.
1: I actually, right, hold on, uh, t- t- hold on, you talk about uh, your love for Matt Corral real quickly, and I, I want to see if I can find something.
2: Oh, okay. Hopefully it's John. Well, Day actually already. what I was going to say on the office is I'm a firm believer and maybe I need to rewatch season nine. Once Michael Scott left, I thought the show took a significant nosedive. Like it was yeah. hard for me, even season eight. Cause I, I think what Michael left after season seven, I
0: think I after think? Se- the end of season seven, se- Either After, six so or seven.
2: yeah yeah eight and nine they were like still funny and and you're certainly drawn to like a lot of the other characters but like like you mentioned d'angelo vickers it was like will farrell is going to be awesome and just that Damn. character was like uh didn't make I sense. i do i did like robert california a little bit more i think it kind of fit with the show like he was kind of Michael scott-esque um but yeah I, maybe i need to rewatch season nine because i remember watching some of it and i was like every episode yeah, I'm normally office. like laughing hysterically. Now I can't. Yeah. No, but yeah, I was yet- saying that I think like for me after Michael Scott left, it was just like down significantly downward spiral for that show.
0: It is like I would in, in the past before my son was old enough to watch the office, I would just watch it all the time. And I always quit it sea- yeah, after season eight. I wasn't going to watch season nine, but now that I'm watching because he wants to see it, like, yeah, it's fine. Um, I was trying to find a. I have
1: a signed hat, a John Daly signed hat. Um, somewhere where from, that,
0: that, from that, that picture true? still on the internet like an in archive how many beers was john daly deep when you saw? Uh, him? i think brenson had more beers than john daly did in that really that, a, would, that was if you could
2: tell that if you can tell that story and say that you at that one sitting at hooters had more beers than john daly that's like the perfect but well, daly was doing like an autograph signing thing remember I, oh, followed right. him, uh, I thought he was just chilling at the bar like having no. 50 beers remember
1: 50 i followed people. him around the golf course at the at the wyndham championship and in a practice round, and detailed exactly what he consumed over the course of the eighteen holes. Oh, I don't remember that. I wrote I wrote about it for FanHouse, and it was like, it was um, like twenty three cigarettes. Oh, yeah, just like Ugh. one and a half per hole, just just Ugh. like lighting one off the other. <laughs> uh, three packs of uh, PETA M Ms, I believe.
0: He drinks a lot of Coke too, and right? Nine
1: Diet Cokes. Yeah, it was geez. disgusting.
0: That is a walking. And then he well, went and
2: drank, probably. Dude, oh my that's gosh, just sure. no big deal for him. I think um, the
0: beer would have been the healthiest thing he, did. he should have been drinking beer as opposed to all other stuff. Oh no. no. Uh, all anyway, right, so, um, anyway, my guy Matt Corral. I've sort of made the case for him already. I, I think he he's not the most ready. I think Kenny Pickett probably is, but Kenny Pickett is not without his flaws. But I get it. But I think Matt Corral, even though Traps uh, disagrees, and that's certainly okay. I think he offers the the best combination of being able to play sooner rather than later, and, and then upside down the road because I think he's going to get better um again so much of this matters about fit i mean if you go to the the saints or the steelers you're gonna have a much better situation than if you go to carolina or houston or wherever just because that's just the nature of things the infrastructure there is much better like if I'm trying to think so if justin herbert went to the jaguars that team would be the exact same team we saw last year i would imagine put trevor Lawrence on the chargers they're, they're probably really good uh, i just think that's the qualification i'll make on, on matt corral and again it's hard to get excited about any of these guys, but I, I'm going to stick with Corral. We're riding, we're riding this thing over the cliff like uh, Thelma and Louise.
1: <laughs> um, interestingly, I, I found, and I've i forgotten to look for it um, earlier this month, but April 11th, the uh, Q base projections for, for from Football Outsiders came out. It's actually behind. Oh, what they ESPN say? ESPN paywall. But I, I just always find those. I, I find them interesting because typically they've done a fairly good job of assessing who might become um, a quality. NFL quarterback, but with a certain kind of obvious uh, miss like they missed Russell Wilson, and it was like, like the write up was like, our system loves Russell Wilson, but it's dinging him for his height. You know, it's like, yeah. I mean, like, um, Kenny Pickett's won with a twenty six point two chance of becoming an adequate starter, which is somehow higher than Trevor Lawrence's adequate starter number from last year. But worth noting that Trevor Lawrence had a like. chance of being upper tier, 25% chance of being elite, which is an insanely large number. So he's like 75% hit rate. They have him at uh, Kenny Pickett, 16% upper tier, 8.1% elite. Their number two quarterback is Matt Corral, Mm. 25.7% chance he's an Mm -hmm. adequate starter, 15.6% chance upper tier, uh, 7.7% chance that he's elite. Noting, uh, the, as a result, the big question mark is how we will adjust to the significantly more complex NFL game. Our projections are aligned with this hesitancy, but they also give a twenty-three percent chance of developing to an upper
0: tier or better starter. What are the um metrics they're using? Like obviously height's one of them because the the rest thing. Are they it's uh,
1: college production is is in there is, is is a big factor too. I think like number of starts, et etc. Uh, I think there's a methodology thing down here at the bottom. Yeah, I'll look at it real quick. Uh, uh okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about the 2020, the, the pandemic stuff. Our main dependent variable is total DYAR per attempt, which we defined last year when compared to the more traditional blah, blah, blah. You can read about it. Um, yeah, I'll read and, about it. Anyway, um Kenny Pickett and Matt Corral, one and two. Is uh Kenny Pickett the guy that you would stump for traps as the best chance to succeed or are you going in a different direction?
2: See, I thought this was like Debo trying to like trick me or something because it was like, Who's your guy? And I'm like, Uh, my number one quarterback. Like, it's not just with Kenny with Malik Willis that I just am only rating him there because he has a lot of upside. I think, and I mentioned this before with his running ability, he can be a lot like Russell Wilson, Deshaun Jackson, or Deshaun Watson, and Josh Allen early in their careers. They clearly were not ready to start. Um, especially Josh Allen and Russell Wilson, they would look at their first read and then take off and run. And they had that upper level athleticism to throughout their rookie seasons kind of wade through the water without being disastrously bad because they could pick up first downs with their legs. So I I think that's like the floor element of Malik Willis. Um, I love football outsiders, but I do remember they were the ones that wrote Josh Allen is a parody of a quarterback prospect because I think his his whatever
1: (laughs) –
2: I mean, he yeah, he, didn't, he didn't work with the advanced metrics. I mean, no, absolutely not. So I, I bet if you keep reading, they're probably low on Malik Willis, especially if that factors in height and Malik Willis is not even six foot one. He's got to be super low on their metrics, which is a weird tie in back to Pete. I, I know you guys have mentioned that he doesn't like the smaller quarterbacks and Malik Willis is short, but Pete Prisco was spot on about Josh Allen and said like they're mm-hmm. drafting their next Jim Kelly. He's my number one quarterback. They're college careers and styles are almost identical like bad decisions big arm you know take a lot of sacks like that was Josh Allen at Wyoming and that's Malik Willis at Liberty so like uh, Ryan is saying I'm not loving any of these quarterbacks but if there's one guy just because of the athletic prowess that he has and the arm talent that I think will be able to at least stay in the NFL for a while it's Malik Willis
1: all right I'm going to take the uh, take the ranch for Josh Edwards here and I'm going to say that Kenny Pickett is the guy I'm most confident about as a player, that is actually Josh's uh, pick. And when I say confident, I, I think it's, I mean, you know, again, you're making a projection on a bad quarterback class. This is the closest thing that we think that we've seen to um, since 2013. Yeah. Although quarterbacks more so now than eight years ago, eight years ago, nine years ago, whatever it is, have a better chance of succeeding in the NFL, I think. Than uh, those guys would have. Like, I'm not saying Geno Smith. I mean, Geno Smith's still playing. Mike Glennon's still playing. You know, EJ Manuel's out doing ACC network. But I just feel like you have a better chance of getting a average to below, like slightly below average or slightly above average draft prospect working out or being functional as a player now than you would have nine years ago. And I think Pickett is probably the safe answer here, mainly because of his floor. Like, Pickett yeah. is, I feel like you draft Pickett in, Maybe you get Andy. Maybe it's Andy Dalton. I mean, does that seem like a fair comp for absolutely pick it Pickett, for sure? Or I mean, sure. I mean, look, Andy. Dalton, You take Andy Dalton, right? If you're as a second, if you're drafting Kenny Pickett in the second Went round
0: to the playoffs five straight years,
1: you're not taking you're not taking Andy Dalton if you draft him six overall. Though that's the problem. I mean, that that is just the inherent problem with how these drafts are valued. Like Wilson, what would your if the Steelers draft picking at twenty? What is what's your?
0: I don't want him at twenty. I would take Corral and, and Willis there. I'd probably be pretty even on them. Like, again, they're so closely ranked for me. It's not. Um, I'd rather have probably the Steelers trade up for like a Sam Howell or, or maybe even a Matt Corral into the second round, like early second round. I don't want Kenny, – like Kenny Pick – I mean, I, I get it. Kenny Pick has played forever. He wasn't very good two years ago, came back, and did really well this year. He didn't have the Joe Burrow type season, but he had a really good season. Um, and like I said, I, I've talked to teams that said he struggled reading coverages. And you hear mm-hmm. folks on, you know, when, when when you hear folks on on TV talk about it, they're like, oh, he's so great pre-snap. He struggled at times based on the folks I've talked to. I've also had other people say, I, I think he's better than perhaps you're you're hearing. I, I said, I get it. I mean, who the, who the hell knows what to believe at this point. But there are throws, especially in that Tennessee game, you go back and watch that, where he leaves guys that are wide open for checkdowns. and. I, I mean, taking checkdowns are fine, but you had an opportunity to throw a guy who was wide-ass open for a 30-yard gain, and, and you passed it up or you didn't see it, and it happens more than once. That's just a concern. Again, like you said, Andy Dalton, if that's the floor, that's great. But Andy Dalton went in the second round a pick before Colin Kaepernick. So that feels more like the range. I think we're being honest with ourselves. I'll put it to you this way, traps. If if, Mac, if Kenny Pickett's in last year's draft class, when is he getting drafted?
2: Sure. <sighs> Man, uh probably second round.
0: Yeah, that's my point. Definitely second yeah. round. That's yeah, that's definitely. my point. So either he's a second round pick or he's not. And he right. not- yeah, 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 that's no that's fair. It's like you
1: shouldn't be you know, I positional value pos- positional value, but you shouldn't be pushed up to the 6th overall pick just because, you know, you got a team that didn't plan well for for the for the for what might happen at the quarterback position. And by the way, I mean, look, I'm not trying to
0: it's track. like this. Yes, it's like you're at the Mercedes dealership. They're all out of Mercedes, but they have a a 1983 Toyota Camry. Okay, I'll pay eighty thousand dollars for that then, because that's the best car you got left. <laughs> right. Let's right. take it.
1: Yeah, it's like I just happened to be there on the day that they were out of Mercedes. Yeah, I mean, all right. So looking at uh, Kenny Pickett's stats um, last, because I mean, look, Kenny Pickett wasn't a
0: day two draft pick coming into last year. No,
1: right? Like maybe day,
0: picked- maybe late day three. Yeah, that's right, and right. that's why. That's why he. That's why he he's admitted. That's why he came back.
1: And, and look, I mean, like pandemic season, weird stuff happened. But you start to look at his his statistics from last year. If you take Western Michigan, which by the way Pittsburgh lost to Western Michigan last he year, lost to Michigan so, and Caleb Ellaby and and traps this guy Sky Moore. Yes, yeah, oh, right. He, all right. So, so let's take the Western Michigan game, the New Hampshire game, the Georgia Tech game because Georgia Tech is trash. <laughs> that seems fair. The Duke game because Duke was trash. And the Syracuse game, because Syracuse is trash. I was at
0: that game. The and I
1: say that as, a, as a, you know, an avid a- 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 ACC supporter.
0: They, they, their defense actually. You could throw the Carolina game in there, too, just because Carolina's defense was not good. Is that fair? It was rainy. They, that game was, was sloppy. I, I thought. Carolina yeah, it, was, it rained the whole time. Okay. It all right, all right.
1: It well, let's, not, let's throw that one out there. But so we got Cuse, Duke, Georgia Tech, New Hampshire, Western Michigan. That's five games. In those five games, he totaled, I think I did that right, uh, 22 touchdowns mm.
0: and two interceptions. Mm. Looks good.
1: I mean, that's he, good, but it's also like...
0: he threw, One of the interceptions in that Syracuse game was him just throwing a long bomb downfield and it was intercepted. It wasn't it's also bad over
1: 50% of his production from a touchdown pass perspective.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's fair. I don't want to ding him too much for that. I mean, he, you know, yeah, like- I mean,
1: look, you beat up on bad teams. Like that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, you know, he didn't have a bad game. I don't think this year. I mean, maybe you could say the loss to Miami, three touchdowns, two picks, 519 yards, 70 percent completions. Mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't have like a, any stink bombs. No, no. And, and so that's what I think is sort of why you feel he's like the he's safe,
2: answer. Right. He's a safe answer, right? The safe answer, yeah.
1: You don't take the safe answer at six. You take the safe safe answer in the second round. I think so. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, what about buyer beware prospect you are most uncertain about, Wilson?
0: Uh, Kenneth Pickett the third. <laughs> just I just think as a, as a six overall guy. Even if you look, if the Panthers trade down in that made up trade I, I had with the Saints, they get to sixteen. If they you Kenny Pickett there, I can feel better about that. If the Giants are taking Daniel Jones in the middle of the first round, I think we all would have felt better about that as opposed to six overall. I'm fine with that. And, again, I don't want to make it sound like I hate Kenny Pickett. I don't. I think he did a lot of things really well last year, and he did some really good things uh, on on tape. But just six overall, none of these quarterbacks are worth a six overall pick. That's just basically my standard answer about who should go in the top five or top six, and the answer is no one who plays quarterback this year. So, buyer beware, top six for Kenny Pickett. Take him at 16 or 15 or wherever. Go nuts. Good luck to you.
1: What about – I mean – Again, like I think you could really pick any quarterback for any. Like I mean, you feel much better doing the buyer beware game than you do the like pound the yeah. table for the yes, guy. Definitely.
2: Game. Uh, Travis, so who's your, your buyer beware guy? It's Sam Howell. And just one quick thing on on Ryan saying trading back if a team trades back, say the Panthers, and they still get Kenny Pickett at, at 15, 16, whatever it is, you also have to bake in like the extra picks that they would get with that trade back. So that would certainly add some value just to the decision yeah. to. To get Kenny Pickett as well. I mean,
1: it goes from Kenny Pickett to Kenny Pickett and player X. Absolutely. Lower contract.
2: So, mm-hmm, for sure. My guy is Sam Howell. Oh, oh sorry. Hold on. Let's, sorry.
1: One more, one more thing on Kenny Pickett. Yeah. If let's say he goes in the first round mm-hmm. and you pick up his fifth year option, do you know how old Kenny P- Kenneth Pickett will be? uh at the conclusion of his rookie contract including the fifth year option
0: 29 or 30
1: 29, 29. yeah old. that's old
0: There are a lot of it's traps is talking about this a lot there are a lot of old guys in this draft in part because of the covid year so they came back sure. but um, i mean
1: that, that's a that's a very good that's a very fair point but it's like you are, you are then going to be giving a quarterback his first contract at <laughs> age 29 unless he's great three years in and you pay him I Maybe mean, he's
2: like, he's just an older prospect. That's,
1: that's
2: yeah. It's a, yeah. yeah. This would be for a different podcast, but I'm wondering, uh, <laughs> who the, cause we're going forever. What do you think who about off season eight? I know. Right. Yeah. Uh, how uh, different this is this going to be? Who is the older quarterback prospect? That's actually turned out to be good because Carson Russell, Wentz was Russell old. Wilson. Baker Mink Oh, Russell Wilson. There you go. Yeah. But that's 2012. But first rounders, Baker's older. Carson Brandon Wentz was Whedon. older. Brandon <laughs> Weeden was 28 when the Browns picked him in the first round. Brandon older than I am. 28.
1: That's crazy. They took a 28-year-old yeah. quarterback in the first <laughs> round, thinking, "Oh, maybe, maybe was, maybe someone over the last seven years just missed something." And like, I mean, what are we doing? Yeah. Insane. Um. To, to the point about trading back too. One more. I mean, I know we got to move on, but um, you got to look at the 2019 NFL draft. If the Giants take Josh Allen, the pass rusher, or even T.J. Hawkinson, the tight end, at six. And then come back and take at 17 instead of Dexter, Dexter Lawrence, you take Daniel Jones. Like, and Wilson has pointed this out, I think. It's like the entire way that we view that draft is changed, com- like, is the, compl- like the, the the way we view it has changed completely. For sure. if The Panthers take Kenny Pickett at 19. It's like, all right, like, you know, maybe they got a little more value by trading back, and people kind of give them a little leeway. You trade, you draft him at six, and people are on you from Jump Street to see whether or not he's any good. Yeah. Yep. Um oh so uh yeah, you're uh Well, one more question. Everywhere.
0: Traps, do okay. you think that um What's up? Who's better, Daniel Jones or Kenny Pickett? If you're starting a team tomorrow, who are you taking knowing exactly what you know now about them? Kenny Pickett because I don't think he
2: turns the ball over as much. I don't know, he's That was turnovers. a big concern. That was a big concern for Daniel Jones, though. I thought he threw a lot more interceptions and was like a fumble. Well, he's living up to that he's... hype. Yeah, he lives up to that with the Giants. My buyer beware is Sam Howell. I know he's the youngest quarterback of this group. Like he's 21 years old. I've kind of had like a like a, a change of, of philosophy with Sam Howell. That everyone's saying, "Hey, all of those, you know, Daz Newsome, Diami Brown, the running backs, they left. He didn't have anything." I think that those guys elevated him early in his career. That there's a lot of RPOs, screen passes. Uh, easy throws. He had these dynamic NFL caliber skill position players around him. Then he has a little bit of a a bare cupboard this past season. Josh Jones is a good player at wide receiver. And I thought his deep ball accuracy was not nearly as good. I think he holds onto the ball inside the pocket a lot. And I said it earlier, he ran a lot. I like his toughness. He's not going to be able to do that in the NFL. He doesn't have the body to withstand all the hits that he's going to take, and he's just not a high-level athlete. So try to run
1: through box. guys. I mean, like it's like like he would dr- try and. Dr- oh,
2: yeah. you, you, made traps angry with that take.
1: No traps for you. Um, <laughs> uh, traps has a, like say thing happens to me all the time. He did this last time too, but um, no. yeah, I mean like Sam Howell would try to like drag two to three defenders into the end zone when he's he, for, he and
0: Nakaral both do that. They they can't. You got to that, that's not that's not sustainable. That's RG three level nonsense.
1: Carson Wentz level nonsense. Right. I mean, RG3 was just did not a slide,
0: like, but I th- again, it goes back to Russ, who you just talked about he, he's better than anyone in terms of not taking hits and, and being mobile. He's, he doesn't run as much now as he used to. but um I think absolutely the issues with taking hits is, is not sustainable. Yeah, what happened it. to
1: Traps is what's going to happen to Sam Howell if he tries to run through. You just evaporate, like a, like Thanos snapped <laughs> his fingers or something. Thanos. My, somehow Robbie has figured that out, too. And like, if I say something he doesn't like, he'll walk over to me and be like, I'm like, did you just snap me out of existence? He's like, yeah. Mm. Cool. I can't wait till you're 10 and 12. My God.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, What is he,
1: eight? Eight. Mm. Cuss is like a sailor. There you go. Uh, let's quickly, let's run through um, sleeper possibilities at the quarterback. Oh, um, uh, Josh Josh picked Carson Strong, by the way, as his buyer beware. I think Pete, uh, I don't know if he's done this publicly, but whatever, uh, repeatedly described his, like, Carson Strong's knee as, like, a, spaghetti, a bunch of spaghetti noodles, which is not a <laughs> – not a medical term, but not you know a, you know not a good thing either. So yeah, I think buyer beware for sure on Carson Strong, especially if it's you know you're drafting in a, a day two situation. No chance he's a first rounder, but
0: um, yeah, I don't think he goes on day two either. Probably not. He's probably a day three guy. Uh, but speaking of
1: day three guys, who's a sleeper? Uh, Traps. I'm going to, go to you first because I love the
0: guy you're naming.
2: Bailey's yeah, Cole, Cole. I'm going to say Cole Kelly. Was that my I, I thought you were saying it, right? Bailey's happy? Did I write Bailey Zappi in the email? I didn't. I, I, like, I yeah, did.
0: Your small school, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, revealing the behind the curtain stuff here. Your small school is Cole Kelly. Your sleeper is Bailey.
2: Oh, Zappy. sleeper oh, is Bailey. I'll tell you yeah. what. I'll tell you All what. Right. Let's do, just
0: do, let's combine small school
1: and sleeper because okay. we're already okay. running long.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'll do Bailey Zappi. He's my number six quarterback in this draft class. Uh, you know, he threw what? He broke Joe Burrow's record, like 60 touchdowns out of Western I,
1: Kentucky, by the way.
2: Yes. Western Kentucky. And a lot of what I mentioned about, uh, Malik Willis with the big-time throw ability. Like There are a lot of really impressive throws 15 to 40 yards down the field from Bailey Zappi. The system is completely wide open. They basically run four verticals on every play and just let him chuck it all over the yard. But I like that, that a quarterback would be coming in with a really aggressive attitude as opposed to someone that's really conservative and wants to constantly check it down. Not a great athlete, not going to really extend plays. Does that a little bit, but he could be a sleeper third, fourth round that could ultimately be a pretty good backup in the NFL.
1: And your small school,
2: Cole Kelly from southeastern Louisiana, started at Arkansas, started a few games, had a big comeback against Ole Miss a few years ago, transferred to southeastern Louisiana. He's like 6'7, 245, and he's another one. Uh, that offense was just like four verticals, post routes, the whole nine, uh, just down the football field. Has a big arm, and weirdly, at like 6'7, 250. He kind of looks like Ryan Mallet but in that small school level like he tried to run around like he was Josh Allen he definitely <laughs> cannot do that when he's in the NFL. Took some big hits too at the FCS level. But Cole Kelly, 6th or 7th round, I would be fine with the team just saying, "Hey, he's 6-7, he's 24 years old too. He's got a big arm, big guy. Let's just see if this guy could stick as, you know, a developmental type down the road."
1: Uh sorry, I sorry, I saw a quote um I just I like almost like snarfed all
2: over the yeah. microphone. This is amazing
1: stuff. And I know, again, Panthers podcast, we'll still loop it in. Uh, this is uh, David Newton of ESPN. I'm assuming Joe Parson and all our, our buddies in Carolina have this as well. Ben McAdoo asked if he looks at Sam Darnold as his starting quarterback. Didn't hesitate. Yes. He later said he put his foot in his mouth, naming a starter, saying, quote, that is something I shouldn't have
0: said, end quote. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, my God. Can't,
1: you can't make it up.
0: I mean, that's, that's a long... Like that's a long eighth
1: amendment. I, I, I no, I named Sam Darnold the starter. As it turns out, <laughs> I, as the offensive coordinator, don't actually have that ability to name a starting quarterback.
0: Yeah, as not a points out, between this and the Rock Hill track practice facility cancellation, a lot of weird stuff going on in Carolina. Oh yeah, good call. I
1: mean, that is a that Rock Hill thing is a mess, man. I mean, they they like did a bunch of. Uh, any, anyway, um, I, I do sort of wonder if that might inform. With a also, no, no, no. Ben McAdoo's comments like, oh. is it possible that Ben McAdoo's been told we're not drafting
0: a quarterback at six? No, no. I think this is 8-8 eight, eight D-Chess. I think he's just trying to do the double drinks reverse. Like he's, he's Double doing,
1: Uno, Uno reverse? He's trying to do the
0: reverse. He's doing, he's, he's switching the tables around like in Princess Bride and asking <laughs> you to drink the poison. <laughs> and he doesn't know which one's the poison, and he ends up drinking the poison. <laughs> <laughs> that's right.
1: He, Sam Darnold does the poison. Uh, Wilson, Atlanta, who's your? Uh, oh, uh, Edwards uh, sleeper. Josh's sleepers are, or his sleeper is Jack Cohn, and his small terrible. school guy is Dustin Crum, who I assume is Denny Crum's great grandson. Nice,
0: Denny Crumb. same haircut. Um, Dustin is Kent State, I believe.
1: Uh, I don't know anything
0: about either of those people. That's okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm fine with it. Caleb Ellaby is my um, sleeper. We mentioned him earlier in the Western Michigan game when they beat Pitt. <clears throat> He's probably a day three guy. I think I had him going in the fourth round, my seventh round mock draft. He won't go that high, um, but he does a lot of things really well. His issues, and this is a pretty big issue for quarterback, is, is turnovers. Um, played well, as I mentioned in that Ball State in the um, the Pitt game. He and Sky Moore were just taking it to to the to the Panthers. And I was talking to Scott about him. He said, eh, "Go watch the Ball State game. The Ball State game. He he looked." Much less good. But um there are flashes of him being really good. So I, I like him. I like the upside there. The turnovers are a huge concern. You have to get over that. So and my small school guy is EJ Perry out of Brown. Um <laughs> like watching Brown games is pretty crazy. Uh just because it's Ivy League football. And he, you know, Josh talked about, I mean, um, Traps talked about Cole Kelly being thought he was Josh Allen. I think EJ Brown thinks he's Josh. EJ Perry thinks he's Josh Allen too. Um has a pretty good arm transfer from BC. He's a little undersized. He can run a little bit, but he makes a lot of like head scratching decisions trying to fit balls in the tight windows. But I mean, you, you want a little gunslinger in, in your quarterback. He's not going to be an NFL starter, but I think he's the guy you could have at the bottom of the roster uh, on the practice squad with a chance to, to get better there. Uh, I don't think anyone probably had, um, you know, a day two grade on Ryan Fitzpatrick. The guy's been playing for 50 years, so you never know. All right. Any other thoughts
1: on the quarterbacks oh.
2: there we go,
1: traps is out traps out. see you he's out uh all right on that note let's get out of here before he, before he comes back in <laughs> <laughs> click uh, the lights thanks for listening thanks for watching for wilson for traps i'm Brinson. we will see you guys later